Happy Monday. I'm so excited to be back, especially after, you know, a little brief hiatus from Sauce in the City. I'm so sorry about that, but it's okay because we have an incredible, incredible episode today with Kat. I think you all are going to really, really love it, really love her. Um, And definitely, definitely, definitely check out the mental matchup and Morgan's message after you listen to the entire episode because. It has such a similar mission to Solace in the City, and um, it clearly means a lot to her, and it means a lot to me as well, um, with its connection to Duke and, um, you know, mental health and just everything. Um, but before I dive into our conversation, I wanted to talk a little bit about Talkspace. Um, for one thing, they are, you know, my incredible company that I work for, and I'm just so blessed to have them as an employer. Um, but they're also just a really, 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 really great way to get started with therapy. Um, I think they're kind of like, I like refer to them kind of as like, I don't know if this is cool to say, but like the gateway drug to therapy. Um, drugs are not cool, but like it's for those who aren't, you know, ready to get started with like professional counselor or go to see someone in person as that, you know, reopens Talkspace is just such a great way to slowly get into communicating with someone about your feelings over a text or a voice memo and then having, you know, a few sessions every once in a while and just really getting everything off your chest so that it doesn't build up. Um, because you know, we don't, what we don't share, we store. So, um, being able to work with them, work for them and work with them has been an absolute like dream come true. And being able to provide all of you guys with a hundred dollars off your first month is awesome because that's a huge discount. You can use that money for something else, do whatever, I don't know, whatever you want. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, you can get a hundred dollars off your first month if you use the code Zoe at checkout after, you know logging into Talkspace and getting started. Really try it out. There's no harm that can be done in just, you know, starting your work with a therapist. Um, you know, I use it. I use it. My friends and some family members use it. Um, if you have any questions, shoot me a DM. I am not a licensed therapist, but I know licensed therapists, and I can get you hooked up with one. Um but anyways, I'm blabbering on and on as I always do. So without further ado, here is Kat from The Mental Matchup. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sauce in the City. Today, I'm so excited to be here virtually with Kat Pollock, who is co-host of The Mental Matchup, co-founder of Morgan's Message, um, and yeah, just an awesome human being. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat. I'm so excited. So if you don't mind kind of just like telling me a little bit about yourself, where are you from, how old are you, where'd you go to school, what's your story? Yes, um, I am 25. 
I went to Duke for undergrad and then did a year of business school. Um, so I like technically got half of my MBA, uh, but we weren't really allowed to say we got half our MBA. Um, apparently the MBA students would get mad, but anyway. Wait, that's um, so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was probably the best. I can get into a little into it a little bit, but it was like one of my biggest years of growth and like honestly where I kind of started like flipping the switch in terms of just like coming into my own and like realizing like who I was, what I wanted or didn't want. Um obviously I feel like life is very like fluid, but it yeah, it was a pivotal year. Um, but I grew up in Northern Virginia on the like Virginia side of DC. Mm-hmm. My dad, my dad worked in DC growing up. So we we're in there. We we're, we we're out there a lot playing all the sports and dancing, um, growing up and then, um, went and started really focusing on lacrosse and field hockey in high school. Um, yeah, that's kind of a little bit, a little bit about me. So wait, wait, did you go to school in DC? I went, I went to a public school outside of DC, but was really close to, uh, Paul Vasix, you know, PVI or like St. Stephen, St. Agnes, Bishop yeah. Iredin. Yeah. I, I, okay. So I rode in high school and we'd like always, um, race against like a lot of DC schools like Gonzaga and I'm, I think you're at DC. Yeah. 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 Gonzaga is super close. Um, What's like indie? I don't even know like what is honestly like in DC. DC visitations like on the Maryland side. Got it. Yeah. Cool. So, kind kind of moving into like the college portion. Like, what was it like? You know, re- like the recruitment side of um, D one athletics, like. It's at least because so I went to Hopkins and like obviously we had lacrosse there. That was like our only sport. Um, And I know from friends that like the recruiting process for lacrosse is super unique because you can get recruited like your freshman year of high school. Like, did you have that like intense experience? No. So I actually I mean, I had friends who went through that kind of experience and like watching them go through it. I was like, holy crap. And I coach now and I'm like, these girls are like 13 years old. Like they don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I think at one point, allegedly um, a school recruited an eighth grader, like verbally committed an eighth grader, which I'm like, what? Like they're like, insane. you know, it's insane. It's like so much can change in, what is it like six years six years of your life like I'm like whoa 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 um but I actually was more so focused on field hockey and I didn't think I wanted to play lacrosse in college so I I tried more so to get recruited for field hockey and ultimately decided that based on like a few of my coaches I had had that I didn't think I wanted to play because I didn't have good experience with my coaches, but I had always had good experiences with my lacrosse coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my kind of mindset was like, I'm really smart. I have the grades. I have like the test scores. Like I don't necessarily need a scholarship. Like my parents were very 
my parents are very much so like in state you can go any like in state like go anywhere out of state if if the name on your resume like I, I don't know how this will be received, but they're basically like, if the name on your resume isn't worth the money, yeah. then like, it's probably a no from us. And you're probably going to take, have to take out student loans. So think like they were like, yeah, an Ivy league or like Stanford or like somewhere where like that name on your resume is going to really stand out and like be a help with networking or be a help down the road. But they were like, we don't want to be spending private school money for, you know, something that's not necessarily going to help you, help you long-term. So I kind of took that and I was like, okay, let's see if I can, you know, get recruited to an Ivy or to one of those schools that like didn't necessarily have their spots filled or weren't like a top, top, top school. I'd always wanted to go, go to Duke. And I like had talked to Kirsten a bit. Um, I was like a solid player, but I wasn't like, I mean, you know, like, yeah, I feel like you have to be real. Like I was not under the impression that I was like the end all be all in that, um, I didn't know what the coaches weren't seeing like that, like in lacrosse, like that was not, that was not me. I I even played with um, my best friend went to JMU and like won a national championship, but her and her cousin, um, her cousin went to UNC and like, even to like, to the, like, I was just like, you know, steps below them. Like I could hang, but only for a certain period of time, if that makes (laughs) sense. It was like, there was like no, no guys that like I was, you know, going to be on like a full ride, which don't really even exist. Um, but in terms of the actual recruiting, when I was in high school, it was nuts. Um, girls would commit their freshman summers. Like my my best friend, she committed July going into her sophomore year. Yeah, I actually remember. I remember when Sky got recruited for soccer and then um, another girl from my middle, my middle school recruited for lacrosse to UVA. And I was like, I don't even know like where I'm going to high school because I switched high schools. So I'm like, whoa, like college, like (laughs) I'm still in puberty. (laughs) I know it's crazy. It's, it's honestly crazy. My, my coach at Duke really pushed for this initiative of basically taking a step back and being like, we shouldn't be able to contact athletes until September 1st of their junior year. Mm -hmm. So like they pushed that through. So now like there aren't, like I use the term loosely because I'm sure there's coaches you know like somehow some way things are getting to athletes that like they're interested like you can contact their club coaches but like for the most part um it's now like junior year which is still I mean so many things can change you can also get injured like there's a lot circumstances I don't know it's crazy yeah so I know that part of your aim with Morgan's message is to expand the dialogue of um, or on mental health by normalizing conversations, which is awesome and like so much of what I stand for with my own podcast. Um, so I was kind, of, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your own personal experience with mental health, um, like where it kind of began, because I know you're open about it, obviously. And um, yeah, I just like loved if you could tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, totally. Um... I guess, like, I definitely struggled, like, in middle school, even. Um, I just was, like, always not, like, a tortured soul, but, like, I had a lot of emotions really early on that I just, I still am, like, emotionally inept at times. Like, I 
like have a therapist to like help me figure out how to formally like phrase word my emotions because it's something I still struggle with and like I know I struggle with it um and I don't want to struggle with it but it's been since like I was probably 12 um and in high school I don't know just like I felt like I was like Eeyore like I always felt like there was like a cloud I could never get out from underneath um every every day was like rainy like oh I'm so unlucky or all like bad things always happen to me was like the running joke um and it was tough like my my freshman year of high school wasn't great but it wasn't terrible I had a good group of friends um like grades athlete you know whatever and then my sophomore year of high school was really where I kind of awoke to the fact that like I was not okay and the things that I were feeling were not necessarily like things that I should have been feeling if that makes sense like I don't like using the word normal um like I'm trying to veer away from that because I feel like nothing's normal but in in the sense of like standard like standard day-to-day of a 14 year old like I was not hitting or 15 whatever I was not hitting those metrics like I was like felt like I'm I I think I had mono I don't know I felt like I just didn't want to get out of bed like I was like what is this what is life even like worth doing I'm also a Pisces which like doesn't help um (laughs) yeah so like it's like is life really like worth like all of this like what's the end goal like I don't even know like what I want to do like I had friends who you know were getting recruited to places I was like why am I not being looked at like what am I not doing? Like, why, 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 why do all these things happen to me? And my sophomore fall, um, my friend group one day just like stopped talking to me. Like my best friends in the whole entire world, all of a sudden just like weren't responding to my texts. I didn't have like any conversation with them. Like why it was just like darkness. And that was really like the turning point. Like I, would skip field hockey practice or I'd go and just be like, I don't feel good today because I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. Um, but like, I would have to go in order to like be able to play in the game that week. Um, I pierced my ears was like my form of self-harm <laughs> and looking like in it, I didn't realize, but like, I would just like stick like earrings in my ear, like, pier- like all the way. I mean, I have a ton of piercings now, but they're more so for like aesthetics <laughs> than um, like, I'm not piercing my own ears. If that makes sense. Like yeah. I've had them for, but that was like (laughs) yeah exactly like I would like literally and now it makes sense because I think I was so like numb like I just felt like what the fuck like who am I like what do I stand for like I actually was (laughs) thinking back about Twitter um because there's some celebrities I feel like getting in trouble with Twitter these days or like resurface tweets and I bullied someone on Twitter my sophomore year because I was so upset with like myself and like my insecurities and all this stuff that like I said like one tweet about their hair being like greasy and it was like things like that that like I just you know it was like this cyclical like who am I my family did not want to be around me like my parents were like what is going on with you I ended up like seeing a therapist but was never put on any antidepressants and honestly like the kind of turning point was just like finding a new group of friends, like focusing on like academics. And that was when I really got serious about lacrosse and field hockey more so where I was like, okay, if I can just keep my sneakers on and if I can just like stay out of trouble, I'll be fine. And that's like, 
how how it kind of turned and shifted and like looking back it's still I mean I'm not sure like if you had any I guess like moments or like things in high school somewhat similar but like looking back I'm like holy shit like hindsight's 2020 yeah. right like I'm like it's so clear to me that someone needed to be like okay we're taking you here we're getting you looked at like here are the steps like let's like get you into some kind of routine um because I like struggled I struggled for a while like I even would just like take like Benadryl every night to sleep because I like wouldn't be able to sleep from like anxiety um so that was high school and I didn't struggle again until my junior year of college um and junior year was can I curse oh yeah okay it was fucking tough like it was I mean I was a nightmare um internally and externally like I just talk shit about like everyone else I'm so mean to myself in my head like I god I was like so upset about I'm so angry at the world for like no reason I drank a ton on the weekends because that was like my out like you know like the people are like working for the weekend like I literally like after practice on Friday nights would be like all right what are we drinking tonight and would like start like going at it yeah um which like again hindsight's 2020 like I look back and I'm like holy crap like how you know, how do you differentiate between, like, what's, like, normal college drinking and, like, what... like, using it as, like, an outlet to escape everything. Yeah, like, what's, like, almost, like, binge drinking and, like, someone being depressed and, like, this, you know. Um, And, yeah, I don't know if there's anything specific you want to, like, know about, I guess, that probably, like, nine months to a year of just, like, shit show not actual shit show because people would literally tell you I had no idea right like people I think I talked to now they're like wait what because I did hide it very well but like internally I was I was a hot mess no I can relate to that so much it's interesting like I was weirdly like not depressed in high school like considering that like the rest of my life turned out but like I remember my some of my best friends in from I went to school in Greece my freshman year and, and my, some of my like best friends would always be like, I'm so depressed. Like, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I like didn't really get it. Like, I didn't know what they kind of meant. So it was just, I don't know, hard to relate or like, I didn't know what to say to them. And then only like sophomore year of college was, I was like, Oh, this is like, I was watching a lot of like Europe or British skins. And like, I think I kind of like internalized. I was like, I'm Effie. Like, I hate my life. But like, and kind of like talking about like the ER dark cloud, my motto was literally like, hope for the best, expect the worst. Which like, I told that to my therapist and she was like, that's like really fucked up. Like, that that's your motto. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting how, you know, kind of as you said, your friends were like, I had no idea. Like, that's kind of how it was. My friends, they're like, wait, you're so confident, though, and, like, so outgoing. And I'm like, really? It's because I hate myself. Like, I don't – it's like you put on such a different exterior. Yeah. I mean, the the person – like, I would go to my room after, like, a day and just, like, cry myself to sleep. 
like so I have so many like old snapchats that I should probably like delete you know that you can like save that like literally just like for like three months are just like my tear soaked shirt yeah. like it's and no one no one had any idea I mean even like my friends who live next next door to me like they would knock on my door and um I like wouldn't open the door I would literally just be like just be like I can't I can't like come or I'm sleeping like I pretend I was sleeping like it was I don't know again looking back I'm like what was I like I mean I know I like didn't know what I was doing but um now I'm like that's such a red flag like they knew you know what I mean they could like see my I I was opening their snapchats but then I was saying I was asleep like things like that Mm -hmm. I'm so all of this happened and then you I mean years later like started Morgan's message kind of like you know with the goal of normalizing an experience that you had an experience that I had and like so many other people have I'm wondering well first if you could talk a little bit about like the story behind Morgan's message and and then I have like a couple of like subsequent questions it's like what's the story yeah so um Morgan Morgan Rogers she actually like grew up this down not down the street probably like 20-30 minutes from me but she was like almost like an urban urban legend like this crazy athlete who just like picks up a stick like picks up anything really she's like probably the most athletic person I've ever met my whole entire life and the most competitive and she played for like a high school that wasn't great but like she was a stud um so like I knew of her in high school she was a year below me and she like committed to Duke and I was like that's crazy like this girl who like usually I feel like top schools they get girls from places who have like historical programs so like a lot of like high school like you you know the names like Morristown in New Jersey Mm -hmm. or like St. Anthony's on Long Island like it's like a lot of the same kind of schools like it's very random when people are plucked outside of those schools um especially just like lacrosse is such a tight-knit community and it's like growing now which is amazing but just like very bizarre sometimes um when people are from like random places like California so Morgan committed we like didn't meet until she came on her official and she was like we were on team together again like beast athlete um and I actually tore my labrum in my hip my sophomore fall and that was probably like the start of everything but like nothing was really serious because I was still like involved with the team and it was I was still like integrated really heavily um I got surgery this was her freshman year so I like wasn't that close with her and then my sophomore or my junior fall I came back and I was still hurt and then we grew close because she tore her ACL preseason um my junior year her sophomore year sorry very confusing the timeline but (laughs) Moral of the story, we were, we were in PT a lot. I was still doing a lot of PT. I was, like, trying to, like, you know, help help kind of provide her some support because it's tough being injured. And it's tough being injured when, like, you're – like, she worked really, really hard to kind of earn a spot on the starting midfield line. Like, she – over like, every single day, like, day in, day out, like, came, competed. Like, there would be so many days where girls would be like, oh, I'm tired from, like, staying up, whatever. Like, I'm just going to, like, make it through practice. And then, like, you know, tomorrow's a new day. She just – she didn't have that mentality. She was like, I'm here. I'm giving it my all, which was, like, truly very inspiring. Um, 
And she really struggled after her injury in terms of her just like mental health and like her outlook um to give you kind of context like she tore everything straight off the bone like they had to totally reconstruct like reconstruct her knee she was on a scooter like she she was non-weight bearing for two months I think like she had an extra like few weeks of crutches like just being this athlete who can really do anything like she could pick and she was so smart like just could pick up a ball and like you know that people would be like we want you to play on our team on pickup like that was who she was right and having that taken from you I mean I like it's just hard right it's really hard it's really hard and then she kind of went into the summer still rehabbing I think she had somewhat of a timeline but it was still really up in the air because they don't clear you unless you have a certain amount of quad strength um just yeah I mean her her parents talk about her story in the first two episodes of the mental matchup Mm -hmm. um but just in general it kind of was like an avalanche effect like sports went she like couldn't walk and then because of all the time she had to spend like rehabbing like sleeping just like your body goes through trauma like that and it needs to rebuild um classes started falling through and it it just kind of like went through and through and I spent the summer with her when I was at Duke because I was rehabbing she was rehabbing um and so I got to hang out with her a lot there and then we went into my senior year her junior year and just wasn't it just wasn't Morgan um and we both were struggling at this point like I was really really struggling and she was really really struggling and I once I kind of like saw saw my therapist got help for my stuff I came back in the spring and was like her point person um and she's she's amazing like she's just like one of a kind like I could not say more complimentary things about a human but she had her demons. Like I, you know, she had her demons. So long story short, um, she ended up, you know, having to do an extra, she was going to have to do an extra semester lacrosse. She still like, wasn't back to like where she was. She was really struggling physically. She decided to step away from the team. Um, and her, fake senior spring was like the best I'd ever seen her I was at business school I got dinner with her like once every two weeks like she was like on the up and up like I would I'd literally be like are you okay are you gonna do like are you gonna hurt yourself today like I'd like ask her these questions because I'd I'd be like I want you to tell me because like I don't want anything to happen to you no I'm good I'm like really honestly in the best like she was so good at putting up a facade and so now I like don't it was like a it's good moving forward for me because now I like don't take things to face value. Like I'm like, no, seriously, you seem off. Like I need you to tell me if something's going on just in general in my life. Um, but we lost her July of 2019. Um, I'm going to start crying. It was really hard. Um, just cause you like think, you know, you think you have it under control or you think you like are staying on top of someone's mental health and like trying to provide everything you can and like still things like slip through the cracks and I get really upset because I'm like, she is such a bright light that 
anyone can struggle. Like, mental health truly does not discriminate. And to me, like, clearly it says something about the society we're living in if she didn't feel like it was okay to ask for help. Yeah. And, like, that's really where I'm, like, that has to change. Like, we all have brains. We all have emotions. Like, this is something every single human being, I believe, will deal with in one form or another, either directly with yourself, directly with someone you love or care about, or, like, indirectly through someone else at some point in your lifetime. And, like, we all have to be better humans, like, in so many different areas of life. But, like, when it comes to mental health, like, for real, for real, like, things need to change. Um, So almost like a year went by and it was her birthday and I got together with her mom I'm like the longest storyteller also so like you can totally speed me up if you want no no um but it was her birthday so my friend my friend Anne who's a migrated Duke and I we went and we went to see you know Morgan's grave and like talked to Donna and that was when I was just like I want to do something like I don't know what it's gonna look like I don't know what it's gonna be but I struggled a lot and like something I still have some some guilt over is like why and you might have had similar or not similar but like I was like why not why wasn't it me like I was to the point of like having all these questions having all these feelings having all these emotions and like I didn't act on it like why not me like why was it her um and so like Donna and I were talking and I was like I want to do something in her memory I don't know if it's like something as simple as like we do a game like for her every year like what it looks like and then a few of her old club teammates got together and then we all got together and we were like you know what like I think I think that there's enough like we know that there's enough people struggling with mental health and athletics and it's not treated equally as physical health that we need to we need to do something about it like even if it's something as small as like just a northern virginia like club like whatever like as long as we're helping one person like that's always my thing like if you are helping one other person like a little spark can leave a mark i truly believe um long story short oh my goodness we we started morgan's message just out of wanting to destigmatize conversations around mental health and providing just a safe environment and a safe place for people who don't feel safe or don't feel comfortable to talk about mental health or feel like they are all alone to come to, right? Like, I think that's like the most important thing is like we're providing um, a safe space. Yeah, no, that's like, so amazing and I literally have chills for a number of reasons like I don't know I I think I did tell you about this I I mentioned it to Skylar but it's frightening how similar my experience losing someone is like to the extent of like literally the college I mean like as I, I think I told you like one of my best friends also went to Duke also took his life senior year at a point when he was the best he had been in a couple of years, like on a journey to sobriety, um, like seemed to be doing so much better. And then Christmas Eve gone and like, 
as like you said, like the thought of like, why wasn't it me? And like, not only why wasn't it me, but also like, how did I not notice the signs? Like I've dealt with depression like so badly. How did I not like feel some kind of like sixth sense of like this person is going through what I'm going through or like it like still haunting. And the fact that like you created something in her memory is like hits home so much because it's like, that's literally why I have this podcast. Like kind of, as you said, like if one person DMs me and is like, like, thank you for this episode. Like I needed to hear that or I needed something. I'm like, I feel like just, I, that's good. Like that's all I need (laughs) for the podcast. Yeah. I mean, you even put something on your story the other day and I was like, I really needed this today. And like, I did, I was like, I read it and I was like, okay, like that's like a good, like centering, like kind of like breath I needed to take um and it's something as simple as that but yeah I mean I can't I can't take all the credit I have like an incredible group of people who like feel as passionately about mental health as I do which I'm very very blessed um to have which is awesome yeah well what is your like goal with Morgan's message like what are things that aside from the podcast obviously um, that you're doing and the team's doing and like things that listeners can tune into or look up to support? Yeah. So we have our biggest thing right now. Well, we have the mental matchup, um, which is just kind of, you know, similar goal to your podcast, expanding the dialogue and like allowing people to hear stories of other humans who are going through something similar to them maybe not even similar but something that they're like wow like that person's going through that and I'm going through this like this is I can talk about this right like they're they have the courage to like they've come on the other side like I think that's the biggest thing is like you can get through so much and to me it's like knowing people are like okay maybe I'm not there yet and I'm really really struggling but like down the road like if they're able to get through all that like I can get through this like being like almost like a beacon of hope in a way Mm -hmm. by sharing stories. Um, The Morgan's message team that on the other hand is doing, we have like an ambassador, not like we do have an ambassador program for high school and college student athletes that they form groups at their, it's a club, I guess, technically. Um, I'm not as heavily involved, so I don't know like the vernacular, but they form groups at their high schools and their colleges and they check in bi-weekly have meetings talk to professionals like on their campus um we've had some professionals you know talk to our groups like hosting workshops just things here and there trying to provide like a network of support duke was the first morgan's message ambassadorship um kind of led by anna callahan who is now a rising senior on the duke women's lacrosse team and she's awesome. Um, and so they have bi-weekly meetings. Like she's gotten some football players involved and just like opening up the conversations. And that's really, really amazing. We, my hope, I think our goal, one of our goals is to somehow be able to provide workshops to coaches and people 
in like those higher like athletic director positions where they have the tools to deal with properly deal with um, mental health crises when it happens to their their players because I think the biggest one of the biggest blocks is the lack of education around mental health I mean it's like yeah it's just it's astounding too like going to school like Duke and being like we we aren't they aren't educating coaching staffs or any and we're one of the top universities in the world right like one of the top like medical like like we're if we're not there then there's no way these other schools are there right like they don't have the funding they don't really it's just insane to me so that's that's kind of where we're also headed is trying to figure out how can we best educate those in positions of I don't want to say power but in positions of like when people come to them like what they say means a lot more than they think to that person like you going to a coach like depending on your coach's response is probably going to dictate your next move and how you feel for the rest of your life in some sense like if your coach like you know you're struggling with your mental health and your coach is like let's figure this out I think we need to get you set up with like our psychiatrist or see therapist like you're going to be okay take a deep breath we'll figure it out versus like rub some dirt in it like everyone's lives suck at times like I think that that's like very much so and that's like such like a you know I minimalized it in a way but you gotta stop um, like start this the top down and exactly like the trickle down effect yeah that's so awesome and I think like even expanding it to teachers like just like even so like the ability to for a teacher to just like look around and like gauge someone's face like after an exam like if that teacher just pulls you aside and is like, hey, like everything good, like that would shift so much because like we can't just rely on like shitty counseling centers. Like, I mean, they're, some are good, but they're really hard to get to. And like very few people utilize them at schools. Like we had just depend on like, oh yeah, they're, they're if they're depressed, they're going to go to this counseling center. Like, no, it needs to come from like the people you interact with every day, who you trust, all of that. And, like, I also, like, us being, like, oh, education, I personally believe, like, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Like, it doesn't mean these conversations aren't going to, like, not haunt people, but, like, you know, they're going to impact you, right? Like, knowing someone is really struggling to the point where they want to hurt themselves or, like, take their own lives, like, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm 25, like, even that, like, that's a lot, like, and- I still am like, I feel like a fake adult. Like I'm always like, I'm a fake adult, whatever. But then I think about it and like my parents were 32 raising, raising kids. I'm like, it's so crazy. Like how young adults actually are like people in these positions when I was younger, like now that I'm older, I'm like, wait a second. Like no one really knows what the fuck is going on. Um, so like, I, I think everyone's still going to struggle with it, but figuring, giving them tools to like help. And then also how to cope mm-hmm. and like I mean I don't know if coping's I'm not not a science by like I'm not like uh what's it called I sh- I don't know necessarily what I'm talking about like <laughs> the ins and outs of the actual like tools to give other than like what I've been given by therapists but um I think like there, there needs to be a better system in place for educators coaches and players um to be able to figure out you know their what's going on in their own heads 100 percent. 
Okay, so I always wrap up with some questions unrelated to the podcast. Or like, I mean, there's always some overlap, but like, whatever. <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw them your way. First question is, what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Oh, shit. Um, one thing that's happened to me that's made me a stronger person today... Um, I have something, but I'm trying to think of like a way to, a way to put it more eloquently. Um, I think my, so I had three hip surgeries, um, all in like three years and my first hip surgery, I like went in, I was like, I'll be back. Right. Like I'll be back. My second one, something happened. I mean, was the surgery butchered? Like, I don't know, but like the screw came out, my cartilage started deteriorating. My labrum was like completely shredded. Um, going into my like junior fall, like when I had been working so hard to get back on the field, I was in pain every single day. I was like, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Um, And I like tried to fight through the pain. Like I just was like listening to everyone else telling me that it was okay. It was like a post-surgery thing. And finally, like I stood up for myself, which like I'm, I'm very much so a people pleaser to a certain extent. Like I usually get in trouble because I'll say one thing that people want to hear to their face and then behind their back, I'm like, Oh, why did I say that? Like, I know I believe it. Like, you know, like things like that. Um, And I finally stood up and was like, I need an x-ray. I need an MRI. Like I need to figure out what's going on in my body because this is not right. Like I'm in pain every single day. Like I no longer was like trying to just be like, oh, fake it till you make it. Like, it's fine. I'll smile. I'll keep rehabbing. And then it'll all be good. Like it was like, no, things are not going well. Like six months, six months in. And then um, I got the surgery and it was like the best thing in the world. Like I literally was like, Oh my God, like I feel amazing. And then my third surgery was like a no brainer or it was at their first one that I, it like got butchered. But the third one was like, I was like, people were like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, no, I know I want to do this. I'm like, put me on the table. Let's get this thing rolling. Like I want to have like the rest of my life. And like, that is probably something that's like on the smaller side that people don't really think about because it's like an elective surgery. I had like a member of uh, someone someone um at Duke who literally was like well you got an elective surgery as if like I chose to tear my labrum like people can play like sports with torn labrums like 70% of female athletes have like are playing with torn like labrums that. and just just don't feel pain it's like the 20% or something I'm probably butchering these statistics but like there's a certain percentage you play feel pain and that's why they get the surgery but like basically it was like, this is an elective surgery. And that was a really hard pill for me to swallow because I'm like, it might be elective, but like, I'm not electing to live with this pain. And if that means like my lacrosse career is over, then like it's over. I'm only 22 years old. I shouldn't be limping around campus. Like I'm 500. Um, as you can tell, I'm a rambler. No, feel free to, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, interesting too because it's like it literally made you stronger but also like kind of the courage to stand up for yourself is like like poetic in a way 
next question is do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by yes you don't know what you don't know oh I like that I also liked what you said before with the little spark can make a mark I like mentally remember that <laughs> that one's a good one too I have a lightning bolt um tattoo on my wrist because I'm like it can go either way right it's like something negative that comes out of your mouth like that can leave a negative mark on someone or on yourself like your mental talk or like a positive like I think it's like I try to keep in the back of my head like yeah I might be in a crappy mood one day but like something I say might stick with that person for the rest of their life that's so true right when like I which is like crazy but that you don't know what you don't know is like I'm always like I just don't know right and it's like how do you know what you don't know um so and I'm an avid like reader learner like I'm always trying to trying to learn more no same I love Um, that too uh, what do you love most about yourself? What do I love most about myself? I I love my body. Um, I'm a yoga instructor. And awesome. after, again, like the three surgeries, like I can't run. Um, it, I just like will not be able to walk the next day. But like, damn, my body, like everything it does for me between like teach like instructing yoga to even like getting up to walking to like the dishwasher just like I feel like I used to take for granted like I wasn't the fastest kid I wasn't this I wasn't that and I was always like oh why can't you be faster oh why can't you be thinner but like your body does so much for you every single day like I love this bitch you know (laughs) and it's like you only get you only get one body so why like try to feel I don't know I don't know that's a good answer that's a really good answer and like it's true. I actually did yoga this morning, this morning too, and afterwards we were like, wow, <laughs> I'm in pain, but like, I also needed that. Um, my next question. Okay. So I actually took this from your podcast because I thought it was a great question. I might butcher it because I've never asked anyone, but what, wait, is it like what song something you're like embodies your life? What song embodies your life? Is that the question? Or like, what is the soundtrack to your life? I think. Oh yeah, it's like something like that. I think we asked that in like an early. Yeah, it was in an, an early, early episode. One. Um, it was definitely inspired by Elton John. <laughs> I love that man. Love um, what song? Oh, the Olivia Rodrigo album just came out, <laughs> and I've been like listening to it on a repeat. But like, I actually need to stop. Like. I was texting, I was texting someone. I was like, it's so good. And as I've been listening to it, I've been like regressing into like angry, emotional cat. And I'm like, it's because I'm like singing these songs. Um, But it's so good. She's a queen. Song that embodies my life. (sighs) Oh, being put on the spot is always hard. Um, There's a song by Ariana Grande and another queen recently i've been playing it on repeat because it's such a like i put it on i do dance parties between meetings sometimes like when i have back-to-back meetings at work i'll like throw a song on and i'll just like dance for two (laughs) minutes to try to like shake it out and like reset um the song is called they don't know it's literally from the trolls movie but it is (laughs) so good okay it's like it's listen to that i'm like a very big like beat bopper um but beyond that, I mean, I would just listen to Elton John for the rest of my life and ABBA if I could. Oh, wow, um, same. 
we're like the same person <laughs> that you're Pisces. I think I'm a Virgo, so like kind of different, but also like emotionally repressed and torn. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit aligned. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Pisces. Much, yeah. Last question, which is the name of the podcast, is how do you find solace in the city? <sighs> such a good question for me I I honestly I like want to vomit by saying this because I never thought I'd be like that person which there's nothing wrong with being this kind of person but like I really just try to reflect on like things that I'm grateful for in my life or like little things like throughout the day that made me smile. Um, so like, for example, today, like I was coding all day and I have like a wicked sunburn on my back, but I got to see like my favorite players. Like I got to like teach, I got to do things that I'm passionate about that like fill my cup up. Um, and like that to me, like at the end of the day, I'll reflect and I'll write down, like, you know, like got to coach, got to see, got to see like my friend Meg and like talk to her about like, you know, our next step in our journey is like mo- I'm moving. She's like trying to move like all this different stuff. And it's like little things that you don't realize, like aren't everyday things or are everyday things that you take, you take for granted. Um, so I journal that at the end of my day and it's like a nice, nice kind of wrap up, like centering um exercise and then the other thing I do is I'm a big manifester um so like I'll write down like you know what like the next day like I wake up every day in the morning oh my god it's, this this is obviously no judgment zone but like people <laughs> listening like no judgment because I'm gonna sound off my rocker which I am but I'll like literally be like I had a great day today like I'll say that to myself in the morning like, I'll be like, I had a great day today. I had a great day today. Or I'll be like, I'm unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. And like, the more you say it, like it rewires your brain. Um, And I just, it shifts. Like, I'm like, I am unstoppable. Like after a few times of like chanting it creepily in my mirror, I'm like, I am unstoppable. Like I can do this. And I used to make fun of my friend who was like, before, before big games, before big meetings, he played soccer at Duke, he would stand in front of a mirror and like cross his arms and like, it would be his power stance. And he would just like stare at himself. (laughs) And that's how he would like hype himself up. And I used to be like, what is this man doing? Like who, I'm like, what are you? And then he was like, no, like I didn't, I had a huge interview. And he was like, I really, really want you to stand in front of your mirror for two minutes and just like, tell yourself you're the shit. I crushed the shit out of that interview. I was like Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot in that moment. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I don't know if that's necessarily solace, um, but no, that's but it's, how I... it also like is. I there is some like psychology behind it, so it's not like to everyone or to anyone who's like, I'm going to sound off my rocker, but like this past weekend, my friend for her birthday got tarot cards or like goddess cards, and we like took one out when we went out on Friday, and like. Thursday and I swear I like was that card it was like scary and then we took another one out the other day and it we were like about to go rafting and we got like goddess of the sea and we're like whoa okay I'm shook I mean I'm like totally a like believer in the universe and the vibes and like I don't need to get like you know religion involved and like people you know god whatever anyone believes in I'm like a big believer in like your energy 
attracts other energies and like there's something to be said for even like astrology mm-hmm. again people can roll their eyes I don't care but like I'm like I'm a Pisces Pisces till I die you know like it's like insane that's so funny I've been wanting to try um tarot cards it was really crazy and like yeah it was it was actually we were kind of shook when we got goddess of water and we were about to go rafting we were like whoa okay um so I guess we're going rafting <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways I'm getting way off topic Kat, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're so awesome. I feel like, um, oh my God, what's the word? I feel like I like, I'm like weirdly connected to you again. Sorry, like woo <laughs> podcast, but like for real, it's crazy that um, I like found, you know, Morgan's message and like was able to connect with you and I just feel really blessed. Where can everyone follow you, follow um the mental matchup Morgan's message just plug everything yes I am my picture on Instagram's the cat from aristocrat aristocats I always say aristocrat it's so bad um what cat come on um cats and pollock you can follow me on I don't really ever post um I usually post just memes to my stories because I'm like I crack myself up with the things I think are funny that no one else does Morgan's message. You can follow at Morgan's message on Instagram. You can go to our website, morgansmessage.org. We also, all of our ambassadors have Morgan's message accounts for their schools. If you want to check it out, they post like awesome tips and tricks um, that they found helpful or like when they have speakers, they kind of recap it there. And then the mental matchup is the mental matchup on Instagram. Just, just the, add the at in front. Um, and we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And bye, everyone.